From VinePair's New York City headquarters, I'm Adam Teeter, and this is a VinePair Next Round Conversation. Today, we are speaking with Felipe Spiegel, the founder and CEO of Five Drinks. Felipe, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Adam. Thanks for having me. So where are you right now? I'm actually in Sao Paulo. Um, I've, I've been spending time here and in Miami on the last um, year. Wow. So uh, how's the weather in Sao Paulo? Well, I mean, it's not that different from Miami, right? I mean, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, I guess, I guess after living uh, too long in New York, uh, I needed, I need a little bit more of the sunshine. I love it. Um, so thanks so much for joining us. Um, can you tell us a bit about five drinks for those who are unaware of what five drinks is? Yeah. To start, you know, we, we make amazing, uh, craft cocktails in a can, uh, in, Basically, we, we wanted to take the, the, the fine mixologist or the best of what you can enjoy in a bar uh, to people any, anytime, anywhere. And how did this idea come about? So your background, for those who aren't aware, is you worked at AB InBev for, for, for quite a while running the craft beer program, correct? Correct. So how did you move from craft beer to cocktails? Were you always a cocktail person? And what gave you the idea to pursue this? And how long has the business been around? Yeah, I mean, I, I like many of the listeners. Yours, I, I love uh, drinking a, a proper alcohol or a good alcohol, um, and and most of the time I would drink a beer. Um, and I actually like, um, I always like cocktails, right? So you know, start with a cocktail and then go with a with a chaser, right? The the my background. So I, I was almost twenty years at AB InBev, um, and I did a bunch of different things in in different parts of the world. Uh, but but I think the one that connected me into this um, world was um, leading the high end, as, as you mentioned, right? So we, we created a division to then find amazing craft partners, uh, bring them on board, integrate them and expand and help them expand their businesses. Um, and, and just uh, there's just so many great entrepreneurs, so passionate about it. And in my, let's say my itch, uh, to do um, my own my own version of that uh, was was coming through through fruition. Mm-hmm. Then on the spirit side, right for me, you know, basically we had we had a couple of things in mind. One is, I think the right way of 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 having you know having a proper business is is finding business partners that right that that you like and that complement you, right? So. I, I'm lucky to have other four partners that are amazing. Um, Chris and Jeremy Cox, Genius is in, in product. Um, Gus, uh, that that comes from the marketing background, and, and Roberto, that that's more of the the finance, uh, traditional finance background. Mm-hmm. So someone has to do the math for us. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the the second piece was. Uh, you know, there there was there, there is still a big evolution into the ready to drink space. Yeah, um, but but to be candid, you know, I like full flavored drinks. Uh, I, I like real things, right? So I, you know, even consuming food and and everything else I do, I, I kind of look into the label. I'm one of those that looks into the labels, right? And and we saw this white space of of just doing amazing cocktails, real cocktails using real ingredients and. And just offering the convenience to also consumers want. So when did this idea start to percolate? What year was this? So this is 2018. Okay. End of 2018. 
And so then you leave a, do you leave ABI pretty quickly after, or when do you depart and decide to, to start pursuing this full time? Yeah. So we, we, inside ABI, uh, I was already working on some of these projects, right. Uh, with, with, for example, that was backbone in Virginia and, and also 10 barrel in, in Oregon. Uh-huh. Um, and, and it was also coming, let's say my, my end of cycle, uh, back at ABI. So I, I left, um, I left at the end of 2018 and, okay. and basically very quickly we, we put the project up. We, we launched okay. in Miami, July, 2019. Wow. Um, so in, in, yeah, six months we're up and running. How were you able to do that? I mean, usually like R and D takes forever. Some of, you know, some, was it, did you already have some formulations? Did you go, you know, did you sort of know what you wanted to put in the market that quickly? Was it just based on your sort of experience in the business for so long that you knew how to get it done fast? I, I think it's a, a combination of all of the above. Um, yeah. I think, it, it, you know, it is a it is a delicate industry, right? The regulations are, are, are not not simple, right? So be able to navigate regulations, no business part, potential business partners. Um, I think it's, it's, it's helpful. Um, we, mm-hmm. we are, we were bootstrapped, but we had cash to, to get up and running. So that, that's okay. also uh, an accelerator to the process, right? You, there's no raising, uh, fundraising period, right? And, and in terms of the product, I think that's where Chris, Chris and Jeremy come together, right? I mean, we, 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 we loved drinking cocktails even before that. And, and so did right. many of the craft um, folks I, I knew. So we, we kind of knew what we wanted, right, in terms of, of end products. And, um, mm-hmm. and they did an amazing job on, on being able to replicate the flavors of great bars um, and, and putting them in, in, you know, in shelf-stable cans. So I have some questions about that, but before we get into sort of the flavors and the, you know, how you actually made the cocktails come to life in the can, I'm curious just about the, the business side a little bit. So you said you, you bootstrapped. Did you, did you ultimately raise any investment? Are there any investors in the business besides the five of you now? Um, and if you did, what was that process like? How did you, how did you go convincing people that sort of canned cocktails are going to be as big as now? Obviously, they've become. So... I think people are still figuring out that that this is going to be a huge, uh, huge business, right? I mean, right. It, I was lucky enough to see the, the the craft movement and and how big the industry has gotten, and, and it's still developing in the number of mm-hmm. players. And and I also, you know, was was part of the beginning of the seltzer movement, right? I mean, the ABI had partnered with Spike at Seltzer, which is the originator of the category, even before yeah. uh, White Claw and, and truly came out. I think the insight here is that um, liquor is is you know eighty billion dollar plus industry that's growing. Yeah, and 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 most people drink the product mixed, right? So if if you can offer something that's that's amazing, ready to drink, there's no reason why people wouldn't um, wouldn't drink it, right? And, and especially in the many occasions where you need convenience, right, outside of the bar setting, right. For us, um, again, most of us that, that partnered on, on, on the first rounds um, had, had a lifelong uh, work in, in the industry, right? And mm-hmm. basically got all of our savings and, and put it behind the business. We, we wanted to have control um, in the direction. I'm, I'm still the majority shareholder um, mm-hmm. on, on the company today. I mean, for, for me, the ability... You know, to to run, let's say, run my own my own vision uh, was was critical. Now, 
our vision into fundraising, right, and, and um, you know, cash is, is, you know, whenever you can get more cash, it will help you accelerate the growth of the business. Totally. So, so we'll, we'll likely come up with another round up soon. Okay. Um, but but the way the way we look at it, right, um, or we looked at it so far, is looking at people that can contribute with cash, but can also uh, complement in, in in you know in, in strategic sense your your yeah. cap table, right? So we did a we did a round um, at the end of last uh, like September last year. Um, company still at the beginning, valued at, at ten million dollars. Um, so we sold ten percent of the company. And, and we looked, uh, basically back then, we looked into people in other industries, right? So in, in uh, access to capital or entertainment. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so our idea was to have more, more expertise and, and, you know, and, and discover things that we, we, we honestly don't know, right? So people can, can help us in, in guiding the best direction to take the company. Mm-hmm. And is that at the same time when... Because I know that uh, that ZX is an investor, correct? Yeah, yeah. And that's when they invested. No, they invested. They they were part of the first uh, investment round. So I okay, support, yeah. Very cool. Because yeah, I mean, obviously that is very helpful in terms of getting to uh, to scale and, and people who know the industry, even though you obviously do as well. Um, that's really cool. So going back to the flavors of all of this, so one of the biggest things that we've talked about a bunch is that flavor and canned cocktails are really hard to get right. Um, and that's what you know. other people who I've spoken to have said they think is ultimately holding the category back is that ability to really replicate like fresh citrus juice, things like that, right? And keep it shelf stable. But having had some of the cocktails you guys make, they are really on point with flavor. What did you, what did you do or what are you doing? How do you think about flavor in terms of what you're delivering to the consumer to ensure that you know it can be as you know, delicious as that cocktail you're getting at the cocktail bar. Yeah. Th- thanks. Thanks for the compliment, Adam. First of all, um, I, I think, I think the quality of the cocktails is what makes us really stand out. Um, and, and for us, the philosophy was always, we want to drink something that is like what we would drink at the bar. Right. So like freshly right. made. Right. And, and even today, like sometimes when we, we go, or most of the times, we go sell to venues, hotels, golf courses. You know, I, I, I generally come in and ask, you know, can you do a margarita, a Moscow Mule, top shelf, top shelf spirits, and, you know, and, mm-hmm. and kind of like taste together with our uh, drink. And and you know, it, we're always at the same level, right? You might discuss. I mean, if you go in a really high end hotel and they like their margarita this way, they don't use habanero, and but but I think the discussion of you know, our cocktail being at, at that level is 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 something that that um, um, basically blows people's minds away, right? The one thing for us is we, we took the same uh, crafts um, philosophy, right? That that we used to to you know that that the Tembero boys, for example, um, or craft partners would use, which is the no compromise to the flavor profile. Um, and and go back on the process and innovate on the process to be able to get the right product out there. So th- there are basically two uh, things that that make a huge difference, right? So one is is really the quality of the ingredients, right? So we work with with uh, amazing craft spirits. Also, spirits comes, for example, from Oregon spirits. 
Um, but we, you know, with the Dante collaboration, for example, we use Mantino, Mantino Vermouth, right, which is one of the best vermouths um, in, in, in the world today and comes from Italy, right? So there's, mm-hmm. there's no compromise to what we put in. And the same thing with the fresh juices, right? So if, for example, on our summer spritz, um, because we need that cucumber fresh um, flavor coming out, we, we, we press the cucumbers right before we mix it and before we put on the canning line, right? So it, oh, wow. it, it, you know, it goes to that point. Same thing like when we use um, mint or hibiscus um, uh, uh, leaves, right? I mean, we steep it into the tank, right? So it, it's like doing a humongous batch of a, a, a great craft cocktail that you would have <laughs> on your favorite, favorite bar. Um, and the other piece for us is like, we, we didn't want to add anything, right? So it's like, you know, citric, citric acid is not lime. So right. we got to figure out a way of using lime and, and, and work with lime. So it doesn't oxidize. Um, and, and then it maintains the flavor profile, right? So, so I think, I think the summary here is like, we focus on the no compromise routes. Um, and, and, and like, it, it didn't, doesn't, doesn't matter that we pay higher taxes. Doesn't matter that in New York we, you know, we can't sell in grocery um, because of it's spirits based and not malt based, right? Or or fermented sugar. We wanted an amazing product, and we developed the innovation on the back end to be able to get there. And we'll get to the consumers in whatever way, shape, or form um, legalities right allow us to to um, to to have access right to, to consumers. Well, so yeah, I mean, you basically, you know, rolled right into my next question, which is I was going to ask about that access. So, you know, obviously one of the sort of reasons people are are giving for the explosions of Truly and White Claw, et cetera, besides the fact that it seems like just sort of the market was poised for some sort of sessionable, you know, full-flavored beverage that was low in calories – is the accessibility of it, right? That you can walk into any, you know, I'm in New York, you used to live in New York, so we would call, you know, the, those, the convenience stores, bodegas, bodegas yeah. but any, you know, any bodega or uh, grocery store, et cetera, and, and buy them really quickly. Whereas, you know, the fastest growing sort of spirits-based, Seltzer High Noon, the discussion has been, well, is that sort of, is it being held back a little bit based on the fact that in a lot of markets, it has to be bought in liquor stores, how are you combating that? What are, you know, saying you'll meet the customer where they are is interesting, but you know, what really are you doing to make sure the customer knows you exist and then is able to find you as easily as possible? Yeah. And, and compound that with uh, COVID, right? That, that makes it more yeah, challenging totally. for everyone, right? I mean, there's no on-premise, no events, um, even the travel industry. So, so I, I, you know, I, uh, coming, coming back to the point on we're really thriving on the channels we're present, right? So customers, let's say our home market, Florida, right? So customers like ABC Liquors or Total Wine. I mean, you, you can't go into a store in Florida today and, and not see our product, right? I mean, it's, it's, they have great support for us and, and our performance is a, it's a top five brand including all the brands you even named, right? I mean, it's like you put uh, uh, in we're ahead of, of, of long-time brands like uh, Mike's Hard Lemonade or, or yep. Price, right? I mean, we're just behind White Claw, Truly, um, High Noon, and, and sometimes Bud Light Seltzer, and, and we're, we're, we're up there. I, I think, I think um, there's, there's no escaping the fact that we made a selective choice um, mm-hmm. of 
going for the product quality. And even if it's a um, less availability or a tougher availability route, right? I mean, co- consumers will, will, will gravitate or will graduate to better tasting, you know, and, and, and better products at some point. Right. right. The, the second piece is like, you know, in, on the marketing side is we, we try to punch above our weights by, by doing, you know, fun stuff, you know, getting articles, people writing up and, and even you giving us this opportunity, Adam, with, with, you know, the, the importance of fine pair. I mean, it's, it's a, a great way of us getting our word out there and getting people to wanting to try our, our products, right? Um, the, the, the last one, which has been important, right? I mean, we, we had a plan to have a distillery um, down in Miami with an experiential component. It was a way of us, you know, innovating, getting consumer feedback and also building, building the brand. And we, we quickly uh, pivoted to, to the online um, uh, part of the business, right? I mean, it's currently around 10% of our, our sales. Uh, okay. It's, it's a great way of us getting early feedback, putting innovation out, playing with the packaging, and also learning feedback from new states, right? Um, it, 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 it cannot, unfortunately, because of the regulations and, and even the cost of doing business online with, with platforms like Facebook or Google, you know, charging you so much for, for ads, um, it, it's not a profitable uh, part of the business. Right. It's a great marketing tool to be able to connect to consumers. So in terms of the ingredients, I know you mentioned uh, some Italian vermouth, etc. Um, wh- are you... Just are you making a lot of the ingredients for the cocktails? I'm, I'm talking about the spirits bases. Are you sourcing them from other well-known spirits producers? And when you do source them, you know, let's say you use a rum that is well-known or something like that. I don't know if you do, to be honest. Um, I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, but <laughs> I am curious, like how much do you then think about how huh, maybe we should put that, should we put that, that brand on the side of the can? Should we not, um, you know, how much is that going into your thought process for the creation of all these different cocktails? Um, it's a great question. Um, so we're not producing the spirits today. Uh, we're sourcing them. Um, all of them are recipes developed uh, for us or, or with us um, because, again, they're flavor notes we want outside at, at the end product, right? So there's right. A, there is a development process. So we, we actually have this combination of great spirits maker makers that are flexible to be able to, you know, curate a, a recipe for us, right? Um, on, on the naming and not naming, um, I, 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 think, I think it's, it's more the, the way to answer, right? I mean, it's, we developed a product or, you know, packaging and our whole idea was to collaborate with others, right? That, that's why, for example, we collaborated with Dante. Right. I was going to ask you about that too. <laughs> yeah. So I'll, I'll start with that Dante example and then, and then bridge back to, the, to okay. the, the discussion on the spirits. Right. So I was a huge fan of Dante. Uh, actually, you know, on, on, the, on the day I signed the formalization of the company, that, that's where I went you know, to celebrate and, and have a, oh, awesome. one of their Negronis. Right. And, and, um, but our partnership just came up, you know, many months after that. And, and uh, I'll tell you this story over, over a couple of drinks in New York soon. Uh, But it's, it's, it's one of those (laughs) synchronicities, synchronicities in the world, right? I mean, it's a, it's a longer story, but, but it's interesting. Um, 
but you know, I, 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 I knew, I knew the founders from doing business in the past, didn't know they were founders of, of, of Dante. Um, but anyway, we, I think the whole idea there is our cans are so simple and so minimalistic. They're almost like a white canvas for you to canvas for you to paint on. Right. So yes. This whole idea of like, if, if there's someone that we could, um, um, you know, let's say provide that, that setting that, that has something to say or something to put out there. That's great. We're, we're more than happy, you know, to, to use our brand as that. Right. And, you know, and, and, and I think the collaboration with Dante is like, well, they, they had just won the best bar in the world. I love the place. They do amazing cocktails. Can we take our cocktails to the next level, right? By sharing the same vision we had, right? Them on the bar making, you know, let's say the mixology available to, you know, many more people and us, you know, be able to do that in larger scale and, and put it outside of the bar setting, right? Right. Um, so I, I think that philosophy um, is what we put on the brands, right? And and I think the Mancino is an example where um, they're doing amazing work. You know, they're working with us on our recipes and our, 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 our drinks and, and how to take our drinks to the next level. Um, you know, m- might as well put the name there, right? Um, I, I don't, and I'm not against putting a famous brand or a big brand on the label, but I think it's it's less about that, right? And it's more about the philo- philosophy of collaboration and, and 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 doing something that that you know we're, we're both passionate about. And will will the Dante collaboration be ongoing, or was that like a one time thing that I saw? Well, the, the the future we never know, right? I, I think right. we did we did it for the long term, um, and and. Um, you know, I, I don't think I don't think we even talked about this, or, or most people know about this in the US. But we, we we also launched five drinks in Brazil, right? I mean, some some of the founders are Brazilian. You know, I have a daughter yep. here in Brazil, so during, during the pandemic, I spent so much time here that I said, you know what, <laughs> might as well launch the five drinks before I go back to the US. Right. Um, but but even this Dante, um, for example, Dante is a is a well known brand here. You know, they did a bunch of pop ups already in the last couple of years. So even expanding it outside of US is, is a huge opportunity, right? And 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 Lyndon and Natalie, for example, are originally from Australia. And mm-hmm. in Australia, the the this ready to drink market, you know, it's it's huge. I mean, it's 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 even bigger than the spirits, you know, the rest of the bottle spirits industry. Um right. so so there is an opportunity as well to you know to get something out there. So I, I think both sides hope it's it's you know it's a uh, ongoing and, and a, a bigger opportunity. Uh, but um, I'm just really proud of the the three products that that are already out there, right? The, the summer spritz, the Negroni, and sorry, the Americano, uh, and um, and the gin and tonic. So you seem to do a lot of also like limited releases, or well, I'll see you know like you're you're doing a really cool new cocktail, and it seems like it's it seems like it's limited at least. Was that always part of the marketing strategy as well? Um, sort of put a cocktail out there, see if it hits, and then maybe do it more later. Yeah, the the that is a a piece of the, the let's say the craft industry that I loved, um, and I think it's also a critical piece of this ready to drink space, right, where people want the variety. Um, I, I think the trick there is, um. You know, Moscow Mule is your top seller. You know, variety packs something that that's important um, because again, people if if they're entering to the brand where they're going to someone's house or they're bringing 
people over. They, they want more variety, right? So those mm -hmm. are our two biggest SK, uh, SKUs um, or, or units, right? Selling units. But it's important, you know, the way to innovate is we will keep on getting things out, but we'll cycle through um, the ones that our, our consumers did not get as excited, right? And I'll, I'll give an example. Um, okay. I know I'm, I'm, I like gin and tonic, right? For me, like a, mm -hmm. the, the summer outdoors, higher volume drink, the one I can keep going to because my palate doesn't, doesn't get tired, right. um, is, is in generally a, a good gin and tonic, right? Um, so I, I was bullish that when we joined, you know, when, when we launched the, the first three flavors, I like, you know, let's launch my gin and tonic, <laughs> it's like gin tonic, like a London dry <laughs> gin. You know, a, a good tonic like a fever tree, and you know, and and a, you know, a nice splash of lime. So I I loved our gin and tonic, but I was likely one of the few people that loved it. <laughs> so so you know, because we then launched a Paloma and you know a a fancier vodka soda, and so that that we basically had other products. Now I can kill the gin and tonic, right? I mean, we we have an, an upgraded version from that with the collaboration with the collaboration with Dante, right? Um, but I, th I think for us, the sweet spot is having you know, a half a dozen um, flavors out there at a given time, but, but launch a few during the year and cycle through, right? I think, I think that's, that's going to be the, the business and, and let the consumer, you know, taste it and, and decide for themselves the ones they like the most. Very cool. That is really interesting. So where do you, like, now that we're sort of coming out of the pandemic, um, you know, people are in person more, where do you see, you know, five drinks headed in the next year? Great question. Um, I, I, I mean, we still have so many people that haven't tried our product yet. Um, yeah. I, I think our, our, let's say first, our two biggest challenges, right? One is just getting people to sample and, and, and then decide for themselves if we're worth, you know, the, the 10 bucks, the, the four pack, right? Um, and, and in general, people think it's worth after they try a product, um, you know, more, more than, than 80% of the people think so, which is great. The, the second piece, um, um, for us is, is kind of a category education, right? It's like not, not all cocktails are created equal, right? And, you know, even from my past life, if, you know, before some of the good stuff that, that is out there today, including our brands, I, I, I had a prejudice to the category, right? I mean, I, I thought it was going to be something that was malt based or, or yep. sugary, full of artificial flavors. And, and it's not my thing, right? I mean, and again, I'm, I, it's a thing for many people, but it was not my thing, right? Right. So, so I, I think that, let's say, together with the sampling and, and the, just distribution in general, I think, I think the biggest opportunity we have is educating that not all cocktails are created equal and, and that we and some other people are worth the shot, right? And and the right. faster we do that, um, you know, the the high, highest the tide for for the people that are doing great products. Um, the the other thing with the pandemic that we're seeing is um, a, as things start opening up, right? There is a challenge um, with the limited service, you know, in hotels or in bars, yeah. um, in events. You know, even you and me, right? I mean, are you going to be, you know, okay if you know so many people touching the product and where was the ice? And 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 suddenly now you have, you know, a a a 
really good products, right? So, so for example, one of our top customers, you know, there's a bunch of hotel chains in South Florida that already, or, or hotels that already carry a product, right? So mm-hmm. including uh, Mondrian and, and, and um, the one hotel, for example, is one of our top on-premise customers. So we are on the beach service, the pool service, and, and on the minibar, right? Um, now, we will never substitute a great um, uh, bartending program, right? Um, but for that flexibility of the additional occasion or the speed to service, now you don't need to compromise in terms of quality, right? right. And I see that, like, why would you have to be 30 minutes in line on a venue to have a decent cocktail while you can grab a cocktail, right, at the same speed you will get a can, you know, a can of beer, um, and it's actually a very good cocktail, right? I mean, it doesn't depend on 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 on, on the bartender, right? I mean, the, the best bartender already pre-batched a, a huge batch, but you know, back in in our our um, in our um, production uh, places, right? Yeah. So, so I do believe that that you know, transit, travel, um, and then these larger on-premise on-premise venues that need the speed to service is where um, there's a huge opportunity for us to get distribution, get the sampling, and then build back the brands um, to to the other points I mentioned. Yeah, I mean, that makes a ton of sense. Someone was telling me an anecdote, anecdote recently about a canned spritz that they had created. And, you know, they were being told this by the a big on-premise uh, bar of theirs that was saying, you know, when we're really packed, these are really easy to sell to people who don't want to wait. Right. So when the bar is three people deep and this, you know, if you're just looking for something, you know, quality and you don't need the pomp and circumstance, you know, it, it really helps the bars out a lot. So I, I I definitely hear you that I think this isn't just an off-premise product. There's there's a huge potential for these canned cocktails on-premise. Yeah. Felipe, thank you so much for taking the time. It's been really interesting to learn more about five drinks, you know, what you guys have been up to in your trajectory I really appreciate it. No, thank you, Adam. I mean, it's great, great connecting and thank you for the space. And thanks, uh, thanks everyone that's listening through. And if you haven't, haven't tried a five drinks uh, cocktail yet, Moscow Mule is a top seller, uh, but we also have this amazing collaboration with Dante, the best bar in the world. You know, I'd love to get your feedback too. Awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time and, and hopefully we'll be in touch again sometime soon. Same here. Thanks, Adam. Thanks so much for listening to the Vine Pair Podcast. If you love this show as much as we love making it, then please leave us a rating or review on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever it is you get your podcasts. It really helps everyone else discover the show. Now for the credits. Vine Pair is produced and recorded in New York City and Seattle, Washington by myself and Zach Jabal, who does all the editing and loves to get the credit. Also, I would love to give a special shout out to my VinePair co-founder, Josh Mallon, for helping make all this possible. And also to Keith Beavers, VinePair Tastings Director, who is additionally a producer on this show. I also want to, of course, thank every other member of the VinePair team who are instrumental in all of the ideas that go into making this show every week. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you again.